I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You've got a nice voice, actually. You have a lovely voice. What? Really? Very softly spoken and very calming. Oh, God. Okay. You said you hate your voice? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's very mono. I feel like now we've made you feel self-conscious about your voice. No, I've always been self-conscious about my voice. Oh, hey. No, you have a lovely voice. Thank you. You know what? You know when they do like celebrity takeovers on like the Calm or Headspace app? There should yeah. be a DJ Seinfeld one. Yeah, there should be. I should be in control of, like a jazzy radio yeah. thing. Like, or you're, you're like reading like a poem about like a rainy, a rainy day on a cobbled stone. <laughs> Go on. There's a DJ waiting outside. <laughs> no, don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> I think I have to for legal reasons. <laughs> It's a pleasure to have today's guest join us. He's someone who's been one of the most sought-after DJs and producers playing at Circa Loco, Warehouse Projects, Smart Bar with a sick DJ Kicks compilation, incredible album mirrors under his belt. And this artist is a firm favourite globally of myself and you, KJ Baxter. I know that for a fact. Welcome, DJ Seinfeld. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, we're so excited. I am excited. This, this is a rare occasion that you're like not gigging on a Friday and you just happen to be in London. It feels very bizarre and strange, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, rem- I, I mean, I knew that I was not supposed to go anywhere. But then when I woke <laughs> up this morning, I was like, oh, okay, should I get a pack on my bags and like leave? And I was like, oh, it took me like 15 minutes to actually realize I shouldn't be packing up. But um, yeah, it's something about when it gets to like the end of the week, Friday, that kind of like weird yeah. anxiety because, you know, you've got to travel or get a train or a plane somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. And my, I think I've just been doing it kind of nonstop and for so for such a long time now that my body's wired to wake up. And on Friday mornings, I'm just about to go to the airport, no matter <laughs> if that's the actual true or not. Oh, <laughs> well, we're glad that you could have a, a chilled day in London. Yes. For now. Was it chilled? I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, last time was pretty chill. Today I uh, have a few plans, but we'll see. It's more chill than what was originally supposed to be happening. So that's good. Yeah. Fair. And and when you are in London, where do you stay normally? Um, I like to try out different areas, but I think because most of my friends live around Shoreditch, mm-hmm. um, it also seems to be like the area where most things are happening and there's a lot of things to 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 visit it's where all the djs live isn't it i know i know and i (laughs) yeah uh, yeah i was hanging out with a friend of mine uh dj boring last night and i kind of like everyone knows yeah he lives near me yeah yeah we saw him in crate yeah 
Hackney Wick, Wick, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, it's a cool area, but there's definitely this... There's a lot of DJs and there's a lot of people who know the DJs there. So, uh, yeah. Um, stay, stay away from East London. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'm going to try some new areas next time. Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's great to have you. Um, I guess because you've been in London because you had your uh, launch party mm, for yes. the new single. That's correct. Yes. Now you do. Mm-hmm. With confidence, ma'am. Yes. Obsessed. Thank you. Obsessed. It's, it's like <laughs> so catchy. I like wake up and it's in my head. That's, yeah, that's, that's good. And I feel like it's, when I first heard it, I was like, okay, like, I like this. But then mm. it's like, now nah, you do, 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 do. Like, that's just mm-hmm. going around. And that's me. Like, you you made it with yeah. them. So that also, are you just, are you hearing it all the time? Um, well, I've been hearing it for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. So I will probably need a couple more weeks of therapy. Uh, very, very shortly. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think um, I had sat on the instrumental for quite a, quite some time and then when we went into the studio um with confidence man in december i think it was i showed them a bunch of tracks and then i could tell that they were not really like vibing with any of them and then that track that was the last one that i had for free um they were like okay let's get going they started improvising they started humming it they had the like the top line ready within 30 seconds i think Mm. and then um it just took us maybe two hours to sort of figure it all out just a perfect meeting of minds yeah clicked. yeah yeah and so i've been <laughs> i've been listening to it for quite some time <laughs> um you know how it is it's like by the time um i think most producers and artists feel the same way by the time a record is actually about to be released it's you're kind of done with it in your head but for me it's been a little bit different now because now i see people interacting with it and people doing their video takes on it and you know it gets a it sort of takes on a new shape and a new life and that's really exciting um and yeah i don't really play a lot of my stuff out in festivals and clubs but the last few times that i did it and after they was released just seeing people like knowing it Mm. i love that feeling it's very um it's very bad for my ego but <laughs> it's really fun you're allowed to have those moments yeah, for sure yes, yes and right. you know this is like essentially like a pop track yes i would say which is like something you haven't really done before no and never. a collaboration which you don't really do no yeah no i i just don't know how to write pop tracks really but they confidence man had a little bit more uh, skill in that department mm. and so um it was really exciting and i wanted to do something that was um just quirky honestly just something fun i don't think i i don't take myself very seriously confidence men definitely don't take themselves very seriously <laughs> and i kind of wanted that to be reflected in a way like it's just we're just having fun and nowadays everything sometimes music and releases gets so serious and yeah um i don't always think that's a point but yeah, yeah. i think especially like in dance music people can be so I'm like, God, like, take, you know what I mean? The whole point is to have, have a bit of fun. fun. Like, yeah. just chill out. Like, people get so, like, headsy and like, oh, like, there is like this air of pretentiousness oh. in, uh, come on, let's address the elephant. There is, like, 100%. I think it's really refreshing and nice to see people having fun and actually not forgetting that. Yeah, I mean, it. that will, I mean, we all sort of see it, even though we can't always put a finger to it mm. or, like, who's responsible or what is responsible but it's it's always there mm. um it's kind of a nice counterbalance every now and then to the people who sort of make a mockery out of it as well i guess but i, I think we should try and be a little bit less serious about 
that kind of music. Um, and I think I know for like, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of chin strokers who don't like me, but they're also not the ones who I'm trying to appeal to. So yeah. Um, are you hoping to make more music in this kind of direction or? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I think, um, it definitely would have to be in the lane of like singles rather than albums, because I think my ideas for longer projects like albums, I think I tend to want to make a little bit more sad stuff. Get like back in the sad bag. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like. I wanted to ask, like, are you a sad person? Because your music's quite sad. I think um, it's a hard question to say, but it's a good question. Um, I think I'm. I'm not sad per se. I think I um, I have been sad for a long time, but not really in the same way that I am or would be nowadays. I think back then when I was sad for a longer time, it was it was dealt with with like therapy and stuff like that, and it was mostly with to do with loneliness basically. And nowadays, I mean, ironically, I'm more alone than ever, mm. like in real life, in real time. But I don't feel alone. So um, there are moments, of course, when the traveling and the touring gets to you and then you feel a little bit out of it. And then you're like, oh, how long am I supposed to be doing this? You feel like you're losing quality time with the people that matter to you. And then also in this age, I'm 31 now, like you start seeing your family, your parents, your your loved ones getting older mm. and seeing a little bit more frailty um vulnerability and it's uh, nobody gives you a pdf when you're younger in terms of how you're supposed to deal with these kind of things like so growing true. up yeah. Yeah. and as a as a dj i'm sort of blessed and spoiled that a lot of these like day-to-day responsibilities are either outsourced or i don't really have to deal with them so i just live my life Go on the go to airports, go to the clubs, go to the hotel, and then life happens in the background with everyone else. So those kind of things can like they tend to pop up every now and then. But I think I'm better equipped to deal with them nowadays. Yeah, that's 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 good to hear yeah. that because life can be. A but lot. then when album time comes along, I have to like really watch some emotional <laughs> stuff on YouTube <laughs> yeah. and really trigger trigger those tears. <laughs> Like puppy yeah. videos on TikTok. Really, really <laughs> That's like my whole explore page. It's just mm-hmm. animals, puppies. Yes. Not even music stuff. It's literally like ducks, puppies, cats, pigs. Oh, just pigs like those dog great. saving videos. The what? Those like <laughs> videos when people save um, dogs from the streets. Oh, like, oh God. Yeah. yeah do you know what I've recently been getting into? Mm. Uh, people saving bees. Have you seen someone do that? <laughs> I haven't, no. So um, people, um, you can get these tiny little. Um, tiny little pods that you fill with water and sugar mm. and then if you see a bee looking a bit sleepy you give it a drop of that and it slowly revives and it flies away that's amazing save the bee talk get on bee talk it's will. really really good i've been aggressive towards bees in the past but not like going on a hunt but like <laughs> kill the bees <laughs> kill the bees now we need them but uh, they're not my favorite this could be your chance of... to redeem yourself with the bees do you think they're Go and like, save do you think there's a beef well, bees are very important. If the bees died, we're fucked. True. Yeah. Do you know True. what I mean? You mentioned like when you're making albums and stuff. Like, what are you working on a new album? Yeah, I'm working on a. Well, it will be the third album that I've ever mm. done, but the second one on Ninja Tune. I started working on it as soon as the last one was finished, basically. 
I feel way more excited about this one than I have for either of the ones in the past. I think a part of that is because I feel much better as a producer. The last one was kind of a, as it did well and everything. And like, I'm very happy with how everything went with it. Numbers were good. And like it got a good reaction, but it was the first time I consciously tried to make an album, like start from scratch. We need to have 10, 12 tracks, whatever it is. And it needs to have some kind of story. It needs to belong together. And that's not however, like I've never worked that way. Like the first album was sort of a amalgamation of 20 tracks that I made when I was going through a breakup in two weeks. So it was kind of easy. It was not, but it was not a conscious album, like conscious effort to make an album. It was just 20 tracks, 30 tracks, whatever it was, put it together. Um, this time around, I feel I'm much more equipped to write good music. Um, and I think I found what I want my sound to be in, in, the, in that regard, at least for this next album. And yeah, I'm, I would say almost halfway there. So should Sick. be exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, musically, is it, where are we at with this album? I think it's um, going to tap into some, some of the same or similar emotions to the ones that I had in the first one. Not like I'm not going through a breakup at all, but um, this kind of nostalgia, melancholy, but a bit more refined, I would say. And yeah, it's hard to explain when it's, it just sounds kind of sad for, you know, for lack of a better word, not sad per se, but, um, longing, I think mm. melancholy. Um, and it's more, there's going to be some dancey stuff there as well, but I think, uh, I want to have a little bit of a, a bigger section for like wintertime listening. Nice. And, um, I'm working with a vocalist from Norway. Her name is Ari. She's got an incredible voice. Um, it's like a mixture between Lana Del Rey and Billie Eilish. Wow. Um, and yeah, so I'm very, very excited. Great. Is there like a release date in mind or? I'm hoping to finish it by November. And then uh, if all things go well, I think we're going to start announcing it around the summertime next year. I'm very excited. I already have like ideas in mind for like the visuals and how it's going to look and yeah, it's going to be fun. Sick. Or very or very like quirky because I'm not a like very aesthetically talented guy. So <laughs> we'll see. Sick. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. What have been the inspirations for the new album? Because I know your last couple have had kind of different inspirations from novels and you've used bits of spoken mm. word before. Are yeah. you still taking inspiration from those places or new places? Yeah, I think the last ones were kind of easier to write in, in, in a certain way. When something dramatic happens in your life, you're just, you don't really have a choice but to be in a certain mood for, for a certain amount of time. This time around, I wanted to do something that builds on that. I mean, if if I look in retrospect on those two albums, it was just trying to go through something that happened in my life and talk about it through music um, and then trying to find some kind of identity throughout. This time around, um, I want to go even deeper into that and ask, like, how would you explain these emotions to somebody who has no human emotions or like no human reference? Um, and I shouldn't say the name of the album that I had in mind because well, I probably could because I'm pretty sure Ninja Tune are going to fight me on that. But I can sort of say, imagine what it would be like to have an interview with an alien. Who comes to? Have, mm -hmm. 
Have you heard about the disc that was sent into space? It was like mm-hmm. a metal disc. I can't remember the name of it that they sent, yeah. and it had an anatomical man and an anatomical woman mm-hmm. to try and show what humans look like, and they yeah. were trying to demonstrate to, to an alien who would have no idea mm-hmm. about humans and like the location of the Earth. What? Mm. It was about fifty years ago, I think, and I can't yeah. remember the name of it. Um, I can't remember the name either, but it was this golden plate. Yeah, golden plate. It was like uh, they had made a picture of the solar system yeah. and like try to pinpoint where Earth was. And a naked man and a naked woman, yes. and that's yeah. it. Yeah, they, they should put this album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send that up as a way of showing what emotion is. Yeah, I wrote to them. They haven't gotten back to me. Um, <laughs> But no, I think it would just be an interesting concept because um, I had that in mind way before all the things that are happening now and with the UFO talk everywhere. So maybe it will be more relevant. Um, And it's, I'm not really too big on like having a specific, specific concept. Like sometimes the album just writes itself. Mm. There's no real, um, like every track doesn't have a story. Sometimes it's just something that sounds good. And I think that's kind of about what I always felt mm. like That's I don't so far. yeah I, there are some sometimes when you do interviews and you have to talk about albums you're like well what was they asking like what was this track about I was like look it just sounded good in Ableton <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing more there's no depth to it or backstory but yeah I think a healthier dose of that is always good yeah I like your honesty there because it's so true. Sometimes it just sounds good. Mm-hmm. And that's all it needs to be, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you mentioned space and UFOs. And yeah, notice that you're into your aliens. And mm-hmm. you've just mentioned that. And yeah, the yeah this week it sounds like they might have found some non-human mm. biological remains from aliens. Yeah. yeah. Do you, I mean, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. What do you think? I think because I've follow these um certain people and certain journalists for a while so i've sort of been part of the not part of the discussion but i sort of seen how it's been developing over the last few years and whatever the that hearing that happened in front of the american congress um they didn't really say too much too many things that were new per se or um something that shocked me but the only big difference was that the people that were talking about it had to do it under oath so if they were lying or caught lying about it, it's a significant risk to, to mm-hmm. their life and to their um, careers. So it's the first time people were willing to lose something if they were found to be lying when talking about this subject. Um, and yeah, I mean, what they're all hinting at is we're not alone. America's had biologics, they call it, and craft for a long time. And that, yeah, we are... We're being visited or and have been visited for a long time. Yeah. So what do you think then? I mean, because we can't be alone, right? There no, are definitely no. things out there. Definitely. So do you, do you believe that they've come here mm-hmm. or they, yeah, what do, what do you think? I would bet a lot of money on that they are here. They are here? And they have been here for a long time. Okay. You want to expand? Yeah, I mean, there's... Um, I feel like we've turned into one of those podcasts. Oh, yeah. You know it's I mean? just like... Uh, I could hear the Doctor oh. Who music coming underneath. I know, I know. I don't want to... And we've got no, an alien know. here today. <laughs> no, to I know. introduce you to. I mean, I think my interest is always... Like, I think it started from a young age. Mm. I probably watched, like, Independence Day with my family. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> uh, but then I... my Why I'm interested in it now, it's 
a little bit more it's yes it's interesting it's like i would love to travel this like the universe and see what else is out there but on a fundamental level it's kind of interesting to 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 find out if they know something about us that we don't like how we get how we got here whatever the results of um and then all these questions that come along with that be it politics religion and you know who we are in the grander scheme of things and um yeah i love those questions and i think sometimes humanity has already gotten we can only go so far in terms of answering those things mm. but maybe there's another way to find those answers through them whoever whoever they are and it's also now when it's i mean this summer has been incredibly hot and we see like fires everywhere and humans are more than willing to ruin the earth to save a few bucks mm. so if somebody out there has technology that could just overnight fix everything and we're not overnight but like could help our transition into something that is sustainable and doesn't ruin the earth i think that's a pretty cool possibility mm. to explore yeah okay two questions for you mm. one the pyramids mm-hmm. were they built by aliens i wouldn't say so but um i mean because there are people out there who are like this is how the pyramids made their alien portals <laughs> for ufos yeah Hear that one yeah mm. and it's always I, I feel like it's the same thing with those ghost shows it's like those yeah. ghost series that have been going on for like 22 seasons never seen a ghost yeah, <laughs> it's like, what are we looking for uh no i mean it would be cool if that was the case but cool. um and they are very mysterious but i think saying that they were built by aliens means like oh you're you're then you're really turning into that kind of podcast <laughs> those um those shows where they get celebrities to go ghost hunting oh yeah we should oh, yeah. do it djs DJ go thing. alien <gasps> exploring that would be sick. <laughs> we're really we're really growing your career like audio books alien, the... alien hunting yeah ghost hunting of dj seinfeld yeah yeah or ufo spotting alien UFO digging spotting. Yeah. ufo spotting mm, yeah true right, we can do that yeah if you want to like come back and we can brainstorm it yeah and work on who it. is a very like easily scared dj and let's bring them on easily scared mm. ghost 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 would be a good choice <laughs> that would be good Mm-hmm. See what it's No, we'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me just lead the exhibition and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that was my first question. My second question is mm. Do you think humans will get to Mars in our lifetime? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't think there's anything that interesting for us there. Mm. Um, but I think, I don't think it will be like scientific purposes. I think it will be like private. Like Elon Musk will have to do it for his own ego mm. would you go on one of those yeah 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 100 yeah because if you go to mars you can't come back can you that's the that's no. the thing right oh really because mm. it's so far i think yeah I've got it that takes right. like yeah. i think it takes six months to oh. go there one way something like that mm. um Shit. so yeah it's a one-way ticket wow because i feel like surely we're going to destroy this earth and then like the future generations i'm talking like elon mm. musk's and grimes's babies not mm. as babies as humans they're probably the ones who go to mars and like populate mars 100 percent. you know what i mean that generation yeah but also like the elite <laughs> yeah they're, i don't think i will make the cut it's like we don't need djs <laughs> on mars <laughs> no we need more djs <laughs> yeah you know what that's that's gonna fix everything yeah mm. we've got enough here we can we can afford to send some we DJs have a surplus up. of djs right now yeah <laughs> yeah well they'll need a podcast i know They'll need a utopia, right? That sounds like a podcast on yeah. Mars as well. Mm. <laughs> that was a tenuous link. 
Okay. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We'll move on. <laughs> uh, I, I guess, like, in terms of your music and your career, because when you broke out, kind of one of the stars of Lo-Fi House and mm -hmm. I do this because you probably bored of that time mm -hmm. and even at the time like people kind of putting that with your name DJ Boring Ross from Friends more grab I don't know how do you feel about that time now and, and did you have to work hard to not be pigeonholed yeah I mean I think when it all happened partly it was exciting because it was the first time um, like people were talking about me and that's I mean it's a double-edged sword so um, I didn't realize that it would be such a like controversy because in my mind, I always like whenever people ask me, I always say like, I'm not making anything new here. It's just house music and I'm trying to make old school house. And then, but then we, the only time it got kind of weird was when we were being lumped together as though we were consciously creating a wave or um, creating a new thing. And none of us were like, none of us knew each other. Uh, from before and we're still like i'm friendly with everyone but it's not like something cohesive per se we're we're friends but that's it so when it uh, when that all like blew up i think it was a little bit hard at first to see like people attributing you like things to you that you had nothing to do with and it would be sometimes journalists who would just misquote you uh, and interview you under false pretenses and just to like fit a narrative that we're, um, yeah, we're, we're not making, or like we're, we claim to be originators of a new style. Uh, but now I think it was, it, it took some time to build a new brand or like a new sound, a new aesthetic. And I think we stopped doing parties together as much as possible because, um, as soon as, as soon as either of us would be on the same lineup, it would be a lo-fi house night. And yes, it worked in the beginning for marketing purposes, but over time it would just have, like, I think it would have been a sinking chip. Mm. So now I think, I mean, I would be happy to go back to back with either of them, but, and hopefully will, but it's because we've been able to sort of branch out and do our own thing. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And I feel like sonically you're all in completely different places. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Um, and yeah, I guess you're like a producer first, right? Producer, then DJ. Yeah. And like, yeah, those like early gigs, you <sighs> didn't know how to DJ. No, I did not, no. Um, That's mad. I mean... The power of the internet. I know. How it, your tr- tunes literally blew up on YouTube and SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was extremely scary. Um, but I had a I had a normal job, and then I would go to go out and fly around and and play during the weekends. And I I mean, I would check YouTube tutorials on how to beat match mm-hmm. in the beginning. And it's not something you can sort of say back then to promoters like I have no idea what what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> like you did a great choice in bu- in booking me. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think over time you got better. I'd always listened to a lot of music, so it was only a matter of time before the technicalities of like DJing became easier. But uh, yeah, now I, I mean, I feel like I'm a producer at heart first, but I don't really have that much time to produce anymore. Now I'm like always a DJ, yeah, um, which is fine. I mean, it's a blessing. But um, what do you prefer? Producing, but I say that. Well, maybe I said that too fast. <laughs> I think. Um, I love DJing, but every now and then I think it gets to the point where all shows just blend into one another. Um, and I mean, let's be real, not all shows are great. Like there's been plenty of times where, you know, and most DJs I think go through that. You show up tired, you haven't slept for two, three days, and then you're supposed to create a party. And I mean, you're, you don't want to do that. Like you, I at least have been there many times where I just, I don't want to be here right now. Mm. But I mean, a professional, I'll like, I'll do my best. I'll do my job. Um, because I think once you start taking things for granted, it's kind of a quick way down. Yeah. Downhill. That's a really good point actually. And like to say that out loud, like not every gig is great. And also not every gig is great. Sometimes like, you know, you could be at a festival and you mm. could be clashing with really big people. And yeah. I've seen it with, like, I've had it, loads of people have had it, whatever level, like there are just gigs where yeah. you can be playing to an empty room. And sometimes you're like, oh, it's a shame. But equal, equally, like, it is part of the job. It's like another yeah. day in the office. But I think people don't, and obviously with social media, you're not mm. going to post about the shit gigs. True, yeah. But we should talk about it because we, we all should. have them. Yeah, and I think what prevents us from talking about it is because you do not want us, or people don't want to sell an image of themselves as not having success all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's vulnerable. To it's say vulnerable. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, but then, I mean, it's silly because we all know each other at some point. We all see if your stage is empty. We all, but we don't even have to talk about it. It's like, yes, we see the stage is empty. And then usually the DJ, I mean, it happens to me as well. Like sometimes you just swallow it up and you walk away and you realize like that's how the industry is right now. Maybe not the industry, but just that festival, that setting, that time slot. Mm. And I think I see that happening sometimes with younger DJs or like people who are just coming up now. They feel very like not betrayed but like tricked or fooled or like insulted that people are not there for their sets even if it's kind of early during the day and it's like you have a headliner playing at the same time and i get it it's like it's a slap in the face it's not easy to deal with at first but i think there's a certain um i think what helped me in the beginning was that i would travel a lot to places that were far away and maybe not as often as visited as like let's say the uk 
and I would go to places because I realized at some point in my career, even it might happen that I'm not very famous in, or very successful in, in the UK or in America, but because I have a foothold in, let's say, Eastern Europe, I played there a couple of times. I built some type of fan base. I can go back there and I could sort of rely less on some things going poorly out here. Mm. Um, and I think there's such an immediate, or my impression of it is that there's so much pressure immediately for managers and agents to take their artists and put them in front of a thousands and thousands of people immediately. And maybe that's a good way to sort of, you know, jump into the deep end. I'm not sure, but I think it's hard to build a resist or like resilience towards um, disappointment mm. through that. That's a really, really good point. And, and I've had similar like interactions with some DJs as well. Yeah, maybe like newer DJs or... And it's hard, isn't it? Because if you, especially these days, like you could literally go viral on TikTok or whatever and mm. blow up and have a tune. And, you know, it takes years to become a DJ. Yeah. Like obviously producing and DJing, are, they go hand in hand, but they are different things. And like you could make like the biggest track of the summer, but you might have never played before. And... I think the expectation is really high and especially for like a lot of these younger DJs who will see these clips of like crowds going insane and things blowing up like but, but like the reality is like not every show is going to be like that. No. And no. It, it, yeah, you have to kind of acknowledge that and learn that whether it's you learn it the hard way or you learn it as being a, a resident and going that way the traditional route like Yeah. 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 And yeah, I think the um, people i mean the music also has changed and i'm i definitely call myself falling into the same trap where because everything now is so dependent on whatever you're doing and how it's been portrayed on social media if like there are videos of your set if you're reposting those kind of things um there are some tracks that i find every now and then and like you know what this is so good i'm going to be playing it out and then i post one video of it one story and then i play the next week and then the week again and then i'm like well, I only played this track three times, but now I think in people's minds, I'm like, oh, he's only, he's playing the same set. Mm. Even though I have like tens of thousands of tracks, that track becomes everything. And then you feel like a fraud. You feel like you need to move on. You need to find something else to post about. And yes, of course, you have a lot more music and you play a lot more music, but most people are not interested in the whole set. They're it's interested in you playing that track. It's so many more things and pressure to think about than just, oh, I'm going to make this a fun night. Yeah. It's like you're always having to think about 10 other things in your head, yeah. including how is this going to look to the entire world on social media? Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. One thing I was going to say mm. on the TikTok thing is you might be like, oh, I played that last weekend. But I get people requesting tunes that they've seen me play mm. that have got like gone viral on TikTok and they're like, oh, but you haven't played that Justin Timberlake edit. And I'm mm. like, oh my God, I've actually <laughs> been playing that every week for like a month and I don't want to play it anymore. But yeah. then equally, you're as good as your crowd. So true. if yeah. they want it, I'll give it to you. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good point as well. Like you are not better than the audience. Like they, you're not there to educate anyone. Like especially in festivals. So yeah. education, it sounds very pretentious. Like, yes, some people can learn a lot of things from it, but this thing where like, no, I'm not going to read the room. Even if a thousand <laughs> people here want to hear this track, I'm not going to give it to him. I get it. I get why people don't do it every now and then, but I think you just have to give it. It doesn't cost you anything mm. 
to play that one track that people want. That's like the opposite of DJing, being like, I'm not going to give you what you want. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to give you. Thank you for the money. There's um a really good, oh, I don't know where I read this, but it's like a Larry Levan quote. Um, Obviously one of the like founders of house music. And he, the way he talks about music is about punishing and rewarding. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can kind of like, punish them by like maybe going a little bit harder and then like you start teasing something and then you can bring it back again and take it away yeah and then they're like oh i heard something and then take it back and then eventually give them the big reward and play like yeah an absolute bank or something and i think that's exactly the way i think about djing as well because it's like it's a lot of like give and take and there are times when you can like educate and go down a rabbit hole and then you bring up Mm. a bit of and that you did actually warehouse project i remember seeing you years ago Mm -hmm. and you i think you were playing I can't remember. It was quite like a like melodic vibe, and then you went in with um, Gunshot Champion. Oh yeah, Gunshot. <laughs> and I was like, "What the?" Hell? And the bass came in like, did 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 did, and I was like, "Where did this come from?" It was so unexpected. I clicked the wrong track. It was my fault. Wrong wrong track. No, I'm just oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that was an. Accident. But I loved that, and I, I think that's like yeah. a really great example of it. Yeah, and I mean, we all have our inspirations in terms of DJs. Um, I love when I love being surprised when I see other DJs. Um, and I mean, you take Fortet, you take Ben UFO. Um, all of those are wizards, and when it comes to those kind of things, you never really quite know what you're going to get. Mm. And that's the same way for me. I think I, as much as DJs tend to complain about the audience these days as well they only have like a minimum um, attention span I'm like i feel the same way i get really bored mm. with music when i'm playing i'm like fuck i'm oh, sorry i'm allowed to swear. you can yeah, you can swear oh, away. fuck um <laughs> no. Uh, no so i think i get really um bored with tracks quite quickly not that i do as well so i'm just quickly rinsing in and i'm like oh, i'm bored with this vibe so i'm just gonna do something weirder or different. Mm, I get that. You have um, released music under a couple of different aliases. I think before DJ Seinfeld, you had Rimbaldi? Rimbaldian, yeah. Rimbaldian. Do you plan to release music under any other aliases? Are you releasing music under any other aliases at the moment? Or is DJ Seinfeld the, the one now? I think, never say never, but for now, I think DJ Seinfeld is it. Rimbaldian was, I mean, it was the first project that I had. And I kind of like the idea of maybe reviving it at some point, but it's kind of hard every now and then because now when you, when I have a album deal, I don't really know the legalities of what I can do. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm sure it's like, it's possible, but I also don't really have an abundance of free music. So most of the music that I have, is usually for a specific project. And if I have something that I can sort of spare, maybe I will, but it's uh, not in the cards right now. Is there something like you'd love to do one day that is completely different to what, like, I don't know, like a random like rock album or like, I don't know, do some like mm. really like bouncy pop production or like, I don't know. I want to make, I want to make um, music for movies. Soundtracks. Soundtracks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's wow. Colloquially what's it called? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that would be my dream. Mm. Do you have a favorite soundtrack? Yeah. I mean, Arrival. Okay. Arrival was really, uh, that's probably my favorite movie of all time. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I actually haven't. I mean, it goes back to this like conversation about UFOs. I was going to say, is it about yeah. aliens? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But um, I feel like um, 
films about space always have incredible soundtracks. Mm. Yeah, they? yeah, like Interstellar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I only saw that for the first time last year. <sighs> I know. I and know. What do you think? Oh my god. Sorry. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Mm-hmm. I want to watch it again and again. That That's so what I do. To, um, oh really? Yeah. Well, we okay. We need to have. We need to WhatsApp about this because it blew my mind mm-hmm. to be honest and i feel like i only from one watch there's so much more i need to delve into yeah it's based on a true story what i'm just joking oh my god <laughs> it was about my life <laughs> uh, no but i would love to go like try something like that i think that's a it's a whole other mm-hmm. game to to get into but um i know a few friends who have started scoring series and stuff like that and um yeah i think it would also be kind of nice to not be on the road all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be my dream. Can like you I, see yourself stepping back from DJing and doing that every morning? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I do. I think there is a. I don't think it's a healthy, sustainable life yeah. for too long. Mm. Uh, I know DJs who are completely sober and they can. It feels like they can do that forever, and good for them. But the reality is, it's also it's a business. It's a competition. It's a. It's a um, popularity contest. And I think with age, I, I don't know how long I can see myself doing this, but I think over time, the ideal is to like draw it back a little bit and make it more special when you do go out and play. And I see some some of these like older DJ legends. That's what they kind of do. They, yeah. they go on tour for three, four months and then they take a long break for like four months just to do like recovery and all these mm. kind of things. Um, but it's also, I don't feel like DJing is something that I always need to do. Like I love doing it when I can and like, but under the right circumstances, I don't have this like, I was born to do this. I love music and I think that's yeah. what I always wanted to do and work within. But DJs, DJing is just a form that I'm lucky to do at this point and, and I enjoy doing it, but it's not this need to DJ. Mm. Like I don't walk around with a USB in my pants like on the... No, like she on, does. No, <laughs> like, I, I don't like on the... Off, yeah. I do as well. You never know when you might you need know. this. You on never the know keys. when at Glastonbury when yeah. Elton John's sick and they say, we need you. We need you on the parents' <laughs> right now. That's no. actually true. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you actually do? You walk around? No, I, I have, yeah. yeah. Not, not, not most of the time because I normally just have my USBs like in my little thing in my rucksack. Mm. I keep my USB on my keys mm. as a way of not losing it, which Smart. then means I often do actually carry Smart. it around with me. Smart. But not because I'm that person like bothering the DJ for a back-to-back or mm. like <laughs> expecting to get the call up yeah. at Glastonbury mm. on the pyramid stage. Well, you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. It's yeah. good to be prepared. True. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, would you... I was going to ask, like, would you ever want to do more live stuff? Like, do you... Because you come from like a... I want to say classical mm-hmm. background, right? Yeah. yeah. I did the live tour. I used to play the piano when I was younger. My family are, we're all like in classical music mm-hmm. and opera. And I did the live tour after my last album. But it was, I mean, the album came out during the pandemic and then you had to do the live touring in the, well, ensuing two years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so much work. And I will do it again, I think, for the next album. But it's just... It was so much work. And I like all the people that I've talked to now um, who also used to do touring or, or live touring. 
they they say the same thing and i think i was kind of lucky even though how much like in terms of the finances and how much it costs most people have lost a lot of money yeah it's expensive and all that care and then like rehearsals mds and traveling yeah and it's like well it's, sometimes it's sold to you as well you most live shows finish at 10 or 11 like for individual clubs but then they also don't tell you you have to be up at 5 a.m to take their earliest flight to go Set and do up. the sound check yeah mm. um i think hopefully next time around i'm gonna be a little more a lot more picky with where i go and when i go mm. um but i mean look i, I think it was bonobo who was, just he just canceled his live tour a while ago did he yeah i mean i mean i get it it's like it's just not financially feasible to Mm -hmm. do these and he has a very ambitious like i think there's a lot of people involved in his project but um it's just not feasible anymore i think the costs are skyrocketing and then Mm. um (laughs) if you can just pull up with a usb and deliver something that is going to get get as much attention maybe that's easier thing I'm not sure where that will lead the lead us in terms of the status of musical performance and musical quality in the future. But at the moment, like, can you blame people? Like, oh god, I don't. You know. I I really respect artists who who do it, especially now, especially like over here with Brexit. Like, yeah. traveling is even more expensive. But like, I think Prosper of doing a really good job with developing mm. and growing their live show. I know Tisha's just started her live show this summer. Yeah. Went to Elka's live show mm. at Colour Factory. I wanted to go to that one, but yeah. Actually, DJ Boring was there. Really? Yeah, Tristan was there. He seems to be so, everywhere. I know. Tristan. Mm. <laughs> you guys are good pals. Yeah, yeah, we're really good friends, yeah. I love I, I love to see that. I, I saw a video of him at your single release party. He pulled up with a USB. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> He's one of us. He's, He's one, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that guy. Um, and yeah, I asked him to jump on the decks. So... We um he did played stereo love and then uh, <laughs> yes! went away. <laughs> it's like made a statement into the shadows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've just got a, a couple more questions. Um, sure. like we spoke about touring and like because and you were saying just before we jumped in the studio, like you mm. you're going back to America soon. You're like here, there, and everywhere. It doesn't seem like you have much downtime, which is kind of normal for DJs, I think. Um, mm. and I feel like for me, like because I do like radio and like I, I try to make sh- I try and ground myself in London like as much as possible in the week and I kind of use that as like like I, d- I, I never go away for too long and that mm. often like I'm normally in and out because I want to come back and like yeah. be here for radio and stuff but um but a lot of my friends and you know it sounds like you you're one of these people who's just constantly touring and away mm. and how do you look after yourself I think uh, I don't really. I think I try and go to the gym when I can, but it's so hard when you're, I mean, when you're in different time zones and when you're playing a lot. I, um, it's hard to get a routine going because uh, let's say if, even if I have a week off and I can start living a healthy life or for that week, as soon as I go back on the road, it's very hard to to keep that momentum going because there's no regularity there's Mm. no um predictability really in especially in america in the last few months whenever i've gone there it's been canceled flights and delays and then these things that always keep on changing um and i mean airport food is airport food it's not really healthy it's like stodge yeah isn't it exactly and 
So yeah, it's it's not healthy. I, like I I struggle to find like a healthy balance. Mm-hmm. I definitely it definitely takes a lot of energy from for me. And then, luckily, my my girlfriend. Whenever I do come back home, she's she lives a she has a very healthy diet, and I try and sort of eat whatever she eats. But then when I'm on the road, it's it's hard to find like a good avocado sandwich and mm. like a Texas airport somewhere. That's especially if you're tired. Like when I'm tired, I just want to eat loads of crap. Yeah, I mean that's what I end up doing. That's, and I guess a lot of drinking as well. Mm. Like, yeah, that's a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. How sure. do you find drinking when you're on tour and like in general? I think. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a type of coping mechanism. It's in some shape or form, it comes across as a reward mechanism as well. Like, I don't drink to excess. Like, I'll have a few beers when I'm playing, but I don't go like, crazy. I don't. I don't go crazy. I don't do drugs, and so that kind of in that regard, I'm, I think I'm kind of okay. Mm. Um, but of course, every now and then, when you're if you've been three days in, four days in, five days in three weeks in and you feel like I'm tired like this is you're starting to lose grip on why you do these things you might end up having a few more cocktails than you should have Mm. Uh, and I guess even if even if you only have two or three beers a night if you're doing that five six days a week it adds up yeah it's it's alcoholism (laughs) Um, so I think I it's definitely an aspect of my my life that I want to be and need to be more mindful of but yeah we'll uh I think it just comes with better planning and better yeah, and some luck, to be honest, and discipline. Yeah, yeah discipline is a big one. Mm. Uh, I want to show you this. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, this is good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, where is it? I'm like, oh, you just got canceled on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, while we're talking. <laughs> this is happening live. Okay. Tell, tell me what you see and give me your reaction. <sighs> it's a tattoo of time spent away from you. I love it when people get these tattoos. It's Does this happen often? Not often, often. It's happened a few times. Okay. Um, and How does it make you feel to see people getting like your stuff, your tracks tattooed on them? Uh, I'm going to sue them. No. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's incredible. Like I, I, I only have one tattoo and it's not something, I mean, it would be a little bit too narcissistic to get your own like track titles tattooed on yourself. But no. When people get that, I always say guest list for life. Um, I mean, it's a huge gesture. Yeah. Huge gesture. And especially most of the people that I've seen get them, they don't strike me as people that have a lot of them. So it's, in some cases, it's been the first first tattoo you get. And I'm oh like, God. that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. And like, maybe you will hate this album next year, next month. Like, <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> or you're going to get cancelled and then they're going to be really embarrassed. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if you had to get the name of somebody else's track tattooed on you, which track would you choose? Edged Headplate, Burial. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Where would you get it? Tramp Stamp, right over. Oh, I love Tramp Stamp. <laughs> love it. No, I think I want to, like, actually I do want to fill up, like, the arms a little bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe Bur- Archangel as well. So oh, yeah. yeah. That's a pretty, maybe a little bit cheesy, but could work. Burial, a big influence Massive. on you. Massive, yeah. Um, I think I spend more time trying to find original ideas as much as I'm trying to not sound like Burial. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's the best. Yeah. Okay, we're coming towards the end. Mm-hmm. I just want to ask you, like, who out of the new generation are you excited about? Any artists, DJs, producers, 
Yeah, I mean, there are so many of them right now. I think um, Elka, definitely mm. uh, pretty girl. She's also very... Yeah, we had her on last week on oh, the really? podcast. Yeah, yep. she's incredible. Um, Jasper Tigner. Oh my God, incredible. Uh, A-Trip is also yes. uh, really, really good at the moment. I think those are the ones that tend to pop up quite a lot these mm. days and for good reason. Like the music is in- incredible. Yeah, for sure. And like, are there any like... Oh, Mona Yim as well. Wait, who? Mona Yim. Oh, oh Mona yeah. Yim. Yeah. 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 She's very good. Yeah. You guys have a track together, don't you? She did a remix. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was it. Yeah. Okay. Final question for you. Mm-hmm. What is your utopia? What does it look like? Who's there? Mm. I think... <laughs> I think I spent some time in utopia quite recently, to be honest. Or like a, a version of it. I was in Vancouver and I was hanging out with some friends play at a friend's house and it's a very nice house. It's like kind of cabin style, but much bigger. And he had a back garden with two dogs and it leads down to the river. You can walk away, like just follow the little footpath, like stone path down. And there's a river coming down from the, from the mountains and from the forest. And every day he, um, he goes into the river. His dogs just go in there by themselves. He's got a kid. He's got his wife. And in the summertime, they, uh, him and his friends, my friends also, um, they have barbecue on this back garden. And then they bring up some bottles of wine and they walk upstream through the forest and then just check out the view of the Canadian mountains in Vancouver. Oh. I want exactly that, but with my entourage and hopefully close with you know, my family and my friends and uh, and I'm on BBC Radio 1 playlist. <laughs> no, I feel like we're back at the start in the audiobook. This Again, is what we were talking about, Armand. The... Uh, this is it. Oh, yes. I felt like I was back in the story. <laughs> I'm going to play that when I can't sleep. <laughs> yeah. Put rain yeah. sounds underneath. Rain sounds, the stream, oh, a trickling sound. Yeah. No, but it was, honestly. Thank you, by the way. That was great. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, but that place was incredible. Um, I think... I don't think Utopia is asking for like I don't want it to be too much mm-hmm. that is yeah. borderline too much already but like that coziness that like I love nature I love being around those kind of things so I think that would be it God I want to go there mm-hmm. well thank you thank so you. much for coming on of course we we love it and good luck with touring and thank you to the next mm-hmm. yeah yeah you guys yeah, are that great was, that was really really interesting thank you so much for coming on well thank you Utopia Talks is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.